So I want to thank you. If you guys were at the Ride for Rocky yesterday, it was a great time. Hallelujah. Great, great, great time. Amen. Uh, we raised over $23,000, so that's awesome. If you need a shirt, we got shirts. Uh, so there's a lot going on here, so just kind of listen to the message as it goes because it's all going to fit together. i got a video, and it's all going to come together. So it's the 23rd ride. We raised over $23,000, um, and uh, it would have been on the 31st birthday of my daughter. But anyways, uh, so we kind of honored her in the ride and glorified the Lord. Hallelujah. Um. So all these things happen because you guys are part of it, God's part of it, the Holy Spirit, and all that. It's massive, and a lot of people, and uh, a lot of people bring stuff and, and all that. And when we started out, this is part of the message, too. When you start out something in ministry for God, it's not always grandiose. It's not always large, and it's not always wonderful. Sometimes it can be... Uh, really can actually be kind of condescending and can kind of be depressing sometimes trying to get something off the ground. So uh, if God's in it and you'll stay with it, he'll bless it. Amen. And that's kind of what this message is all about. It's, I titled this message, Return uh, to the Lord's Strongman. Uh, we're talking, uh, so we're kind of, the men's retreat's going on uh, uh, 8th and 9th in September, so that's a sign up out there. Uh, we're going to be going to my farm and doing all kinds of cool stuff, devotions and sporting events and shooting some clay birds and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, oh, also there's going to be meat there. So uh, Friday night dinner. I was thinking about turning to be a vegetarian, but. No, that's not going to happen. So like, uh, I mean, over a pound ribeye, so. Potato, you'll have that on Friday night. So, uh, go with me to uh, and 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 if you while you're getting your envelope ready today, whatever you do, I don't. Some of you guys give online, some of you give through envelope. However you do it, whatever you do, if you want to be on our phone blast, put your number on there because we want to include you on everything that's going on. And um, so, ladies' retreats next weekend. Uh, our retreats the following weekend after that. And uh, the, the youth are having their party at North, so the youth have done a great job, too. So thank you, youth, for all you guys. Uh, and Saturate St. Louis is going to meet here next Saturday, so go out with them, guys. And uh, they're going to stuff some bags and hang them on doors. Proverbs 18, here's where we're going. Um, so I want to encourage you... Um, Proverbs 18.10, just put your finger on it, and, um, and um, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Uh, the righteous man runs into it and is safe. So just hold your finger there. We're going to play this video. It's three minutes long. We'll come back up and, and tie it all together. It's kind of a, kind of a neat video. The world's strongest man reached the ripe old age of 30 in 2007, and it's a contest that has seen many changes in those three decades. Some things, though, remain constant. The seemingly superhuman feats of strength, the giant muscles, and the intensity of the contestants. Charleston, West Virginia, venue for the 2008 final and home to Phil Fister the most successful American strongman since Bill Kasman. 
and the only non-European to wrestle the crown for Marius Pujanovsky. Fister became world's strongest man in 2006 in Saturn, China, in one of the most dramatic finals in the competition's history. You know, the 06 final really could not have been written any better. It was really just kind of a fairy tale contest for me. You know, Marius is a fantastic athlete. He's unbelievable. Um, and maybe I caught him napping just a bit, but I was definitely the best man in 06. Athletes sort of talk about the flow and talk about being in the zone. And, and when everything's going just right, you have these sort of out-of-body experiences as you're competing. After four straight event wins, Fister knew that victory in the Atlas Stones would give him the title. You know, it was just a little bit wet out, so I approached the first stone very cautiously. I didn't want to slip and fall. It kind of cool, calm, and collect because I knew that it didn't matter how fast you put up the first four. It only mattered how fast the last one went on the platform. So I could actually hear Marius's stones going in just a moment, just an instant before mine, at least on the first few. At least that's how I heard it. That's how I perceived it. And when I finally got to the fifth one and threw it up there and could see it was going in the hole and glanced over and Marius wasn't, didn't have his in the hole yet, then I knew that I'd won. That time is going to go, surely. Fister's got in front and he's edged it. The American long wait is over. After 24 years, America finally had the title back. The culmination of a decade of suffering. For somebody to actually be behind like he was and win five events in a row, it's amazing the power he drew on. I think it was truly destiny. It was some sort of divine intervention. You know, this, this is a terribly brutal sport. And, um, you know, to make it to the top one time is... It's just very gratifying. It's very validating. Eighteen, ten, and twenty-four, and we're going to kind of blend this in. I'll tell you what I was thinking about when I was putting this together. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man run into it and is safe. Um, the Lord is a strong tower. Um, it's a fortress. The righteous man are me and you who have chosen Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And, and sometimes when we're starting out our walk with the Lord, being in a, in a right standing with the Lord we feel is not enough. So when you're out there and you're starting your walk with the Lord, know that you can run in prayer to the Lord into this strong tower and God will be there to keep you safe. Because let's be honest, sometimes when we're starting out or we're working in the ministry or we're working in church or you're out there knocking on doors, it can be a lonely place. But it doesn't matter how we start, it matters how we end. Can I get an amen from God's people? 
and, and then I'm, I'm going to mix this in here with this. Verse 24, 1824. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So the first one is accurate and powerful, and the second verse here is passionate love that God has for his people. So back to that, and, and I don't know how I came back to that verse. I actually, I actually called Phil a couple of times before I played that video because me and Phil started out the same time together. And when he first came out, to st- he was from West Virginia, and he started to come out to train with us. When I looked at him, he wasn't as strong as the rest of us that were competing. As a matter of fact, he didn't really have much of a weightlifting background at all. But you couldn't tell him that. And, and he was actually, it was, he's of, of, of the height. He was 6'6 six, six and, and way undersized at 275 for world's strongest man. But through the years, he just wouldn't accept defeat. And he just, he just wouldn't quit. So as each year went by over and over and over. He was completely relentless. And then in 2006, when he won that contest, he was almost 400 pounds. And ended up being, one of, obviously, one of the strongest guys in the world. So I wanted to just let you know that, that strong men and strong women come in all shapes and sizes. And remember this, it doesn't matter what's on the outside, it matters what's in the inside. Amen. I'll talk about that a little bit more as we go into the message, but what a great story, and and I love Phil, and I wish I could have got him on the phone before I came out here, but uh, he truly is a great guy, and I love him, and and if you listen to what Bill Kazmaier said, he said for somebody to come back and win that after losing, uh, needed to win five events, he said there had to have been some kind of divine intervention, and what that was is God finally honored his faithfulness. Amen. So be thinking about that as, as we pray and, and whatever it is you're doing or you're doing your offering or however this is working. There's all kinds of ways to worship the Lord, you know, through that or through giving and, and, and the raising of the hands while we're singing. Just be thinking about that today as we, we get ready to start praying for this service. Just, just ask God to, to help you say, be with me, God, when, when, I, when I'm trying to be faithful. And I, I believe he will. So let's just pray that together. So, Lord, we just come together and just believe that you, you have passionate love for us. Uh, the same way you do for, for the greats of the Bible or, or maybe some of these great athletes who have accomplished great things in your name. We thank you for that. We thank you that we can use these as an examples that you're no respecter of persons um, and that you love us all the same. So, Lord God, make us strong in heart, uh, Lord God, and, and help us be faithful and help us be consistent uh, in the way we live. And, uh, and also today, Lord, please bless the offering. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Applaud the Lord and be thankful that you can be part of what he's doing today. So go to James chapter 4, verse 8. Uh, and again, I, I kind of have been going back to James a lot. And I was kind of battling on, on where I wanted to land. Uh, but God brought me to this thing. So... Um, James 4 8. I'm gonna if when you guys get there, just place your hands on this and, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna give you a little chunk to hang on to here uh, for a second before the message starts. So let's just do that together. So even if you're at home or wherever you're at, this is 
this is a message that I believe is going gonna, is gonna to help turn your life around today. So, Lord, for all my friends that are here and those who are watching the broadcast from wherever they're at today, I pray that you speak to them. Uh, and as we draw near to you, Lord God, we know that you'll be there. Uh, so we trust that you hear us today uh, in prayer. In thy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let's just, we're just going to read uh, James 4, 8 uh, together. And, uh, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. So let's read this on three. One, two, three, go. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So draw near here. So this is kind of a return. So I'm, I'm in this mode or we're in this mode where we're talking about returning back to God. It's an easy fit because the kids are going back to school. Some of your vacations are over and, and you're returning back to quote-unquote normal life. Um, and we need that in our lives because otherwise your kids would constantly be on vacation and they would be constantly bugging you. You can only have them in the house so long before you say something really clever like go outside and let the stink blow off of you. There has to be... Amen. <laughs> I was going to say something about school, but I just didn't. Uh, let's, let's get back to it. So when we're drawing or returning back to the Lord, or we're drawing near to the Lord, the Greek word to draw near or draw to God is exo, and it's an intentionally to join up or intentionally be with one another. And I believe that James is talking about the bride of Christ joining up with God. Joining up with God. Amen? Amen. We're just here today. We're joining up with the Lord. And uh, let me say this before we go any further. If we don't join up with the Lord, we're creating spiritual adultery with the world. Pretty strong, isn't it? Ask me to explain and I will. That means God's not enough and you're trying to get your spiritual, physical, or mental needs met through the world. You're committing spiritual adultery with the Lord. And we see that all over in the world, see, this is quiet, isn't it, Lovekey? All over the world, they're telling you to do all kinds of things. And I was watching this video, and I don't know how it came across my feet, but there was a guy whipping another guy walking down the middle of the street, and people were watching it as a parade. I'm not getting any response from the church today. That's people gone out into the world trying to get their needs met in some way or some form or some fashion that is so beyond our thinking that, it, that it's, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable where we're at in society today. 
people lining the streets to watch this. God calls it adultery when you participate or you approve of this type of behavior. And if you don't believe me, read Romans chapter 1. It explains it. Amen. Amen. We don't even get a hallelujah today, do we? All right, let's get into the text today. (laughs) Wow. Are you guys just hung over from the ride or what? 4-1, here we go. This is Jesus' brother. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this? that your passions are war at war within you. It's the passions that are burning inside of us and we're trying to get all those needs met outside of Christ. They're welling up inside of us and, and we're doing and we're accepting and we're watching and we're celebrating. All these things going on. And just when you don't think it can get any weirder, it's getting weirder. Come on, I need the church to say something to me today. Don't sit on your hands today. Uh, It's the passions that are war within you. You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain So you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And I thought about that, and I've told you this before. If you don't want your blessings, I'll take them. I'll take them. Here's the deal. God wants to give. You just need to learn how to be a good receiver. And, and, and I've told you, it, it's, it's weird receiving because it seems macho as a guy to, oh, you can't pay my tab. No way. I went to eat the other night and was with some of my friends and Dave goes, Pastor Pat, you said next time that you were going to let me buy. I go, no way. <laughs> but he was right. It's built in people where they can't accept Oh, I can't be, I'm too, I'm too cool to be blessed. Here's the deal. You're in need just like I'm in need. When somebody wants to bless you, let them bless you. And you can keep your man card too. I, I thought I was going to lose my whiskers after that. I was like, oh. you'll get it in a minute. Uh, you do not have because you do not ask. I, I just, you know, I, I'm just started being that weird guy where I start to ask. And in and, and, and getting back to and trying to tie this message together with, with a video and the ride for Rocky and everything. And and uh, I was telling the deacons this, we were eating, uh, we was eating donuts this morning at the donut shop. I was like, please open Tony's donuts. <laughs> Answered prayer. We used to all have to go around 
and knock and beg for donations for the ride for Rocky. Beg, we begged. I remember going to one restaurant one time and we begged these people to give us a certificate that we could auction off to get a couple of dollars and the guy wouldn't give one and then my wife broke down in tears there. She says, you won't even give us a certificate? But here's the deal. God has been so faithful that we don't have to beg anymore. He just... Amen. Amen. That's what it looks like when things start to manifest in your life. Um, I got it. So I got to tell you this, just because God blessed me. And I don't know if you've ever rode up to our Moscow location, but I was on my bike yesterday and and I was, you know, asking, how are you guys going? How are you doing? Somebody took, you know, 70 and 40 and all this different. I said, they said, you can go up 79 and go up C. I was like, it seemed almost naughty. <laughs> really? Can, and I, and, I, and I'm, I'm battling because as, as a leader and somebody that's always working, I was like, Diane, I got to I gotta get there. I'm just going 70 to 40. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting off on 79, and I'm going up Highway C, and I was just all by myself, just me and God. I said, God, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get there, but, man, I'm enjoying the ride. And, and uh, you know something, you can, for, you can forget how much God can bless you if you're too busy working for him. Oh, yeah, you can, you can miss the whole thing. You go, yeah, that was a good, it, was a, it turned into be a great ride. And I got home and I told my wife, I go, out of 23 years, I go, this is my favorite ride. She goes, you got to be kidding me. I go, no. I go, I just loved it. And I think it was, I just allowed you got to say it. You got to let God allow you. You got to let you got to let God allow you to be happy today. You got to you got to just let him come in and go, "Man, you know what? Just do whatever you got to do. I want to be happy today." I say this to him. I choose joy today, God. I choose joy today. Let's be honest. After you're born again, joy's just a choice from there. Just, just let him flood you with all the good things that he has. And you know he's got lockers full of stuff. Let him pour, let him pour down on you. I want this message to help you, and I want it to clear up any confusion about what God really does want to do in your life. I mean, I, this is just God really wants to do some amazing things in your life today. So draw close to God and return back to the Lord. And I don't know where you're at or if you've even fled or whatever. Maybe this is not for you. Maybe it's for a family member you need to take. It says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Verse four, let's read this together. One, two, three, four. You adulterous people, do you not know that? Stop. That was that adultery I was talking about, trying to get your spiritual needs met with the Lord. Here's the deal. The world, Mrs. Cope, will never be able to satisfy your needs. Amen. Never. It, it doesn't matter. I was, I was uh, and, and I'm not endorsing or, or promoting or anything. There's a, there's a young man that sings a song 
uh, in its in its uh, the Richmond north of Richmond, and it's the number one song in the world. And this young man just sings about his life. He just sings about his life. He's a, he's a young man who lives in, in Virginia. And he's just talking about the way he feels about how the world is going and how the Richmond, north of Richmond, Virginia, have forgot about the working man. And, and then so, so the song gets so popular. And uh, I think the kid's name's Oliver Anthony. And he reads the Bible before he sings his song. And, all, and it's just him and a flat top guitar. And, he, and, and then all the record labels and all the people from all over the world are trying to sell or trying to buy the rights to this kid and, and his song and all this stuff. And he says, and he turned down an $8 million contract. And he said, he said, do you know that I wrote this song not to be rich or be famous or anything like that? He said, I just wrote this song because it, it helps me when I sing about what's going on in my life. And he said, I believe that would help people. So the devil needs to know that some people won't. There's some people you just can't buy. There's some, and, 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 and he said, I live in a, you know, a patch of woods out here in Virginia in a camper. And I, I would say he's 30 years old and he, you know, and this kind of thing. And, and. Some people ain't after money. What he's after is just to influence the world and try to make it a better place. And I think if the big executives in this world and all the politicians know there's some people that can't be bought and sold, maybe the world would be a little different, wouldn't it? So the, the song goes on and on, and, and, and it talks about that, but... I basically believe that the, some of the things that this young man is singing about is is just letting uh, the world know that his spiritual and his, he, he said that he struggled with some mental illness or something like that maybe. He said, I know, he said, my needs can't be met by the world. And, and he knows who his maker is because he was reading from the Bible out of Psalms 37. And I wonder what it would be like if we just had musicians that would read the word of God before they started singing to all the kids of the world. I think it would have to be a different place, wouldn't it? Because we know that the word of God doesn't come back void. So when all these kids are gathered and this young man's reading the word of God, we believe that lives are changed through the power of God. I just kind of thrown that in there with... with with, when, when I was playing that video and, and it was talking about Phil that had this divine intervention here. So I'll be talking about that here in a minute. So stay with me. I only got a couple verses left. Or do you suppose, I'm in verse five. It says, or do you suppose it is no, uh, it is no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made dwell in us. So God's a jealous God. God gets jealous when you spend more time in the world than you do with him. Did you ever go through like your YouTube shorts and then when it comes to the preaching, you're like, you want to pass through it and you're like, I want to get to this real stupid stuff and pass over the preaching. I mean, you guys don't say, you guys are holier than me, but like I want to get to the boxing part, you know? I mean, that's basically, I, I watch Billy Graham, I watch boxing and roping. That's kind of my world. 
But then he keeps sending Billy Graham over and over again. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? And, he, and, and, God, and God's like, this is, this, is, this is me wanting to spend time with you using this brother to speak to my spirit. And, you, and, and, you, and we can keep scrolling and scrolling, looking for something to tickle our fancy, but nothing's new under the sun. It's just been regurgitated by the devil and wrapped for human consumption, isn't it? We don't need to see another whatever it is out there. I don't even know what it is anymore. But the only way we can get our true spiritual needs met is through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Would you agree today, church? All right. But he gives, verse 4, 6, he says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. So he's welling up everywhere. Everywhere you look and everywhere you turn, the devil is popping his ugly head up trying to get people on board with what he's doing in some of the stupidest things in the world. Do you ever wonder what the parents of these YouTube influencers are thinking when they see their kid setting themselves out there? Like, what the heck is going on with you kids? You're losing your ever-loving mind for a dollar or some views or some thumbs up. And, and in one or two years, nobody's even going to know who they are. We used to call them guys a flash in the pan. Amen? Amen. Rise up with me. I got three verses left I want to share with you. The last thing we need in this world, guys, is another Johnny come lately. They're the next greatest thing until they make the newspaper. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He doesn't want you to be out in the world and then him, out in the world and him. Choose who you're going to serve this day. But for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Can I get a witness from God's people? Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Uh, I'm going to ask Miss Carol to come forward here. And uh, life's short, Demetria. Has anybody else lost anybody besides? Anybody? You know, it was kind of weird being at the ride for Rocky this year. It's the first year my dad was never there in 23 years. My dad was at all the rides for 23 years, but he wasn't there. Weird. I thank God that my dad was that devoted to to the family and to the cause.
And I remember right before my mom died, she was at like our third ride, I think. And she was standing on the corner. She was just crying uncontrollably. I was like, Mom. I go, Mom. Do that with me, Mom. I'm like, man, you got to, come on, Mom. Everybody's going to start crying here. I said, She just couldn't take any more heartache. And she's seen her dog, granddaughter's face on all them, all them t-shirts. I, I really believe she died of a broken heart. I really do. But now they're both in glory. Amen. The highest calling in the land is choosing Jesus as your savior. There's no U-Hauls behind a hearst. You're not going to take any of it with you. You know what's important is Jesus and your family. I was thinking about that when my family was all out there at Moscow. Whaley, there's nothing better than having your kids around you and your grandkids. So here's what I'm going to challenge you with. Where's your investment at? Where's your investment at? Where's your, where, are you spending, where are you spending all your time and all your effort? Is it with the same old, same old people trying to get them on board week after week, month after month, year after year? Here's the deal. Those people may not come, or if they do come, you may not be the one that's going to lead them there. You're burning up a bunch of energy trying to get these people to come to the Lord. I'm not telling you to give up on them. I'm just telling you that you're probably wearing yourself out. Say amen, because I know there's one person in here. You're like, man, you know what, man? These dudes are wearing me out. You're giving them a piece of your life that they don't want. They like chaos and confusion. You know how I know that? Because I used to live there. But here's the deal. When you get done messing with the devil, Jesus will be there to pick up the pieces. When you get done messing around, when you've had enough fun and you had enough heartache and you've spent all your money calling everybody honey. Jesus will be there. Maybe, maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day where you quit messing around. You just say, you know what? I'm finally going to give my life to Jesus Christ today. I'm going to resist the devil and I'm going to turn to the Lord and ask him to be Lord of my life. See, maybe your life didn't start. Let me, let me say this to you. Close your eyes. Maybe your life didn't start out very good. I mean, everybody's got a sad song we can sing. You can tell everybody how hard you had it. Tell everybody how hard you had it. Maybe they'll be impressed, but I doubt it because they had it hard too at some point in their life. 
No one promised you a rose garden, but God said he'd be with you through the ups and downs of life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you today. And then from there, I want you to ask God, if you're real, I'd challenge him today. Today's a good day for a, a good challenge. And maybe you pray something like this. Oh, God, if you're really real. This is a dangerous prayer. I'm going to give my life to you if you think that you can do something with it. Geeson, that's all he's asking for. One opportunity. And he can do more in the blink of an eye than you could ever do in your whole life. I mean, I mean, just give him... Just give him a, a, a mustard seed of faith. I, I believe somehow, some way that you're all knowing and all powerful. And just one touch from the hem of his garment can change your whole life. Let us pray. Oh, you can feel him now, can't you? He just came in. He's, he's walking past you. He's walking. He's tapping you on the shoulder. He said, hey, man, I'm talking to you week after week after week. I'm talking to you. And you can't run anymore. You can't hide. Just say, take me, God. Just stretch your arms out to him and say, take me, God, as I am. Wretched, sinful scorn. I give you my life. I want you to come in my heart. And I want you to live inside of me. I want you to make me a changed man or a, a changed woman. And then from there, Lord, I want you to help me start living for you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I give you the glory for doing that here and doing that now. In thy name of Jesus we pray, amen.